Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, March 7th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Immigrants from Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus are working together at a small business in Missouri. All are concerned about relatives in their homeland following the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The Russian people doesn't want war. Everybody pray. Our church pray for peace in the Ukraine, in the Russian, in the American. We'll visit that business in Springfield in just a few minutes. Farmers in the U.S. and other countries might want to plant more crops to offset losses from Russia and Ukraine. That's the suggestion of one expert who says Russia's invasion of Ukraine is putting global food security at risk. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports. Ukraine is one of the world's breadbaskets. Along with Russia, it provides nearly 30% of the world's wheat and nearly 20% of the world's corn. The war in Ukraine will likely drastically decrease those exports, which could lead to increased food insecurity and even famine in some low-income nations. Megan Konar researches global supply chains at the University of Illinois. It's just very concerning to think that War could bring food insecurity or food could be used as a weapon of war in the 21st century. So I hope it doesn't come to that. She says the war is also further inflating fertilizer prices, which could exacerbate the problem. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media. The Missouri Department of Agriculture is warning chicken producers to keep a close eye on their flocks as bird flu has been confirmed in the state. A sudden rash of deaths in a commercial flock in southeast Missouri led to state and federal testing, and the avian influenza that is spreading around the country was present. Bird flu is not a risk to humans, not even through eating infected birds or the eggs. The Department of Agriculture still quarantined the farm, and the remaining birds will not be used for food. State and federal officials are increasing testing and surveillance among commercial flocks and are also asking backyard chicken owners to report any suspicious deaths of their birds. Consumers around the world bought more than double the amount of plant-based meat alternatives during the pandemic. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, that did not curb their appetite for the real thing. A new report from the University of Kentucky shows meat substitutes made from plants doubled in total sales over the past two years, but it didn't slow the growth in sales of beef and pork. Yiching Zen was one of the professors who worked on the research He says it was very common to find shoppers buying steak and a plant-based product. Consumers may go out, they're still the traditional meat lovers, but they might give plant-based meat alternative a try. So at the end of the day, they buy both. Zen says shoppers were more likely to buy less chicken and fish when they bought meat alternatives than they were to cut back on beef or pork. The research was published in the journal Applied Economic Perspectives and Policy. I'm Jonathan All. St. Louis Public Radio. The FBI is warning people to be vigilant when scanning a QR code for a menu or access to a service. The codes are scanned with a camera and direct users to a link. They've been in widespread use during the pandemic to reduce contact. But scammers have followed almost immediately, usually by putting fake codes on top of authentic ones in an effort to capture personal information. 
Jill Mansfield is the FBI's special agent in charge of cybersecurity in St. Louis. Anytime there's new technology that's released, um, that's typically a good thing, right? That allows people um, a higher level of convenience. At the same time, it allows criminals to leverage that in ways that could be dangerous. Mansfield says people should treat QR codes like a website and make sure everything looks right before providing any information. Hi, I'm Shula Newman, executive editor at St. Louis Public Radio. I'm dropping by to remind you that we're in the midst of our spring member campaign. That's when we talk to you about the great journalism St. Louis Public Radio provides and then ask you to support that journalism by making a donation. This is the best way to make sure we can continue to bring you news of the region. We love doing what we do, but we can't do it without your financial support. So please go to stlpr.org and make a donation of any amount. Thank you. And now on with the Gateway. Ukrainians in the St. Louis region and throughout Missouri are watching from afar as Russian forces invade their home country. Workers at one small business in the Ozarks immigrated from three countries now directly involved in the conflict. Jennifer Moore reports. There's an alterations shop on South Campbell Avenue in Springfield. Inside, Ukrainian immigrant Andrei Wakrushev is having tea with his staff and revving up the sewing machines ahead of another busy day. His brother is now in a war zone, and Wakrushev is doing his best to keep in touch. My family uh, brother, he has 12 kids, and they need to be fed. They uh, want to be um, do something as usual, but now it's a very bad situation. They just, uh, as soon as they hear sirens, uh, they go to the shelter, five, ten minutes or one hour sitting there, scaring, crying. Uh, with the hope everything would be all right, so they're very scary now. Where are they in Ukraine? Uh, they're um, exactly there in Cherkasy uh, region uh, in the at center of Ukraine. So you are the owners. You have employees here mm-hmm. who are from Russia, from Belarus. You are from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Is it tense among the employees here? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, we are friendly. We are nice. We are simple, easy people. Um, we are always uh, nice to each other and kind. Uh, we can hear our families' uh, situations or stories or needs because we are all one nation. I ask Wokrushev what he means when he says we are all one nation. Is he referring to Slavic countries or humankind more broadly? He says he's referring to the countries that once comprised the former Soviet Union. He was born in 77, so he was still a kid when the Cold War ended. But he remembers life from back then. It wasn't that long ago when they were unified by one central communist government, even as they maintained their unique identities. Because most of us are adult here. We uh, were born in uh, Soviet Union and grew up in Soviet Union. So we used to be together. We used to go to any country we wanted. Even people uh, got together for marriage. Uh, families moved from other uh, Ukraine or Russia, Russia to Ukraine or Belarus. One of Vakrushev's employees, Nina, is from neighboring Belarus. Another, Yelena, is from Russia. I was born in Siberia. 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 Her father was imprisoned twice by the Soviet Union for openly practicing Christianity. 
Eventually, he was expelled and hopscotched across Europe before seeking a new beginning in the United States. Yelena followed him in 1989, she says. Her life is a testament to the extremely close bonds between Russia and Ukraine. Even though she's from Russia, as a young woman, she donned a traditional Ukrainian dress and wed a Ukrainian man. Her niece is also married to a Ukrainian, and her relatives are there now. And uh, Ukraine people, Russian people, doesn't want war. Everybody pray. Our church pray for peace in the Ukraine, in the Russian, in the American. Here in this small alteration shop in the Missouri Ozarks, the workers are helping each other through this difficult time, despite that their home countries are now at war. They say they'll continue to respect what makes them unique while leaning on the threads that bind them together. I'm Jennifer Moore in Springfield. Jennifer is a reporter with KMSU in Springfield. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.